hello, 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 everyone. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford here with Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. I am excited today <laughs> to bring on a fellow author. <laughs> yes. So this lovely lady, Doc, and I, we spoke like, I think, Maybe like it was around maybe eight or so months ago. We had like this wonderful, just lovely conversation, just connecting. We didn't know each other. We just, you know how it is. You just connect with someone like heart to heart, soul to soul. I think we ended up speaking for like maybe like an hour and a half. And this is a very long yeah. conversation, <laughs> but we're able to bring it back. And now we're introducing you guys. So now you're privy to everything that we had this lovely conversation about, right? So I'm going to bring her in in our wonderful fashion. Before I do, I do have to let you guys know if you have not registered for that masterclass. I do have that masterclass coming up next week, Thursday, February the 23rd. Yes, it's if your team is on the edge, we're going to be going over ways to reduce stress and burnout in your team, especially using self-care. Absolutely. We got this. Yes, 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 yes. All righty. So register for that at yourcaringdocs.com slash masterclass. That's yourcaringdocs.com slash masterclass. All right. Okay. So let me bring in our lovely guest for today because I'm excited. All righty. So <laughs> our lovely doc, she's a graduate of the Universidad Peruana Cayetano Heridad. Okay, Heri, no, Heridia, sorry, Heridia, I got it right. Okay, she's also did her residency at the University of Miami. She did her fellowship also there in geriatrics and obesity medicine. So she's triple board certified. That's right, one, two, three, board certified. <laughs> she's also has a fellow from the leadership um, education and development portion of the American Association of Medical Colleges, a member of, also of the National Committee of American College of Physicians. She's a wellness and professional fullness um, fulfillment mentor. She has also been the mentor of the year. So she's been awarded as the mentor of the year from the American Association of Medical Colleges for 2022. In addition to that, to all that we just talked about, she wrote this wonderful book that she released in January of 2023. That's right. That's a roughly, well, literally one month ago. Yes. <laughs> literally one month ago. And the name of the book is The 3G Cycle of Life, The Secrets of Achieving Joy, Meaning, and Well-Being. I welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to my wonderful show, the one, the only Dr. Miriam Zilberglade, <laughs> affectionately called Dr. Z. Hey, Dr. Z, Tamara, I'm so happy to be here. I mean, how how someone cannot be happy with you? It's like you are full energy. It's contagious, like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's an honor to have you on the show. I am so excited that we got to really get this going. <laughs> I know we talked about it, it's been months, but we got it worked out. Love, love, love. All righty. We have to wait for you, know you. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all worked out. <laughs> I got to know you, but I want the rest of our guests, the rest of our audience, everyone else to get to know the lovely, lovely Dr. Z that I know. So let's bring it back and then tell us what made you decide to go into medicine in the first place? So tell us that story. 
It was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, I don't know if a mistake. It was a. It, it was not planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was all my life thinking that I will be a psychologist, and and that's very funny because in some way now you know a advanced career. I am going back to mental health. Uh, that was my goal when I was a yes. girl. Um, but my best friend uh, was planning to go to medical school and the last year of high school, she convinced me that if I will be a psychologist, why not to be a psychiatrist? So we go together to medical school. <laughs> I didn't know very well, uh, you know, that being a psychiatrist involves blood and, uh, you know, opening people uh, at that point. And I used to faint in front of, bro- of blood and um, I'm still a scare of needles. Uh, that's that's <laughs> something that I was not able to <laughs> um, fix. Um, and I went to my parents and I told them, well, I'm going to the Cayetan already. I will be, I will be a doctor. And they said, no. And you just <laughs> they said no? Part- of course. I mean, I, 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 I was, I am vegetarian because I, I was a f- scared of, of blood. That's, that's how bad that was. I will really have syncopies in front of the meat when you will go to a place like Publix or whatever. Uh, I will, I have this in it. It was terrible. Uh, still, I cannot give uh, animals to my kids. Uh, that's the job of my husband. I cannot even interact with the, with the chicken in my house. So, um, so my parents said no, uh, very seriously. And when you're an adolescent, the only thing that you need to hear is no. To tell, to, you to, to make you want to do it more. Yeah. And that's how <laughs> I ended in medical school. <laughs> my friend never did it. She left medical school. Like, she never even applied. She ended going to a business school, uh, <laughs> and I was there. I, I, it was too late to say no. Uh, and I, I wow, this is one of the most unique life. stories that I've had about this. <laughs> the best mistake of my life. It was it was the best decision. I am so glad that this happened this way. <laughs> That is the funniest. I've never heard someone say, you know, it was actually kind of by accident. Now I've heard others went to medical school because their friends were going and they're like, yeah, you know, we toughed it out together. But your friend left. You say <laughs> you're afraid of blood. You don't like me. And you're, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm here in medical school. Your parents says absolutely not. And you said, you know what? That means absolutely yes, because I'm going to go against what you said. All righty. So you're here in med school now. You you finished it. You did it. And I know that you had to do all those irritations. You don't like blood. You don't like needles. And you had to look at blood and needles for so many years. And then now, you know, you decide to do a specialty where you're in you're taking care of like all the adults and especially you did geriatrics too where you're taking care of really the the one of the two sets of the most vulnerable population i feel like the kids and then the the adults were the geriatric population so you began to take care of them so tell us more about that like what made you go into geriatrics so uh, 
just to clarify, uh, the decision was a mistake and it was a very good mistake because oh, what I realized, uh, medicine in Peru is very different than here. You go to medical school directly. You don't have pre-med. So you are in medical school and since the first years, they are seven, eight years, depending on the school, uh, you are able to see patients, right? So mm -hmm. while I was hating biology and maybe anatomy, and I was having severe problems with histology, uh, I love being with patients. And the reason why I stay in, in medicine and I was able to complete the career was because of my interaction with patients. Mm -hmm. What I also understood is that I was terrible as a psychiatrist, at least at the <laughs> Because I, I love the honesty you're like. Yeah, but it's true because I used to cry with patients. So so I I was really like a, a very empathetic person. Yes. Uh, but I didn't know how to control it. I mean, you are 17, 18, you don't have even your prefrontal developed, right? And and I will cry like for my patients, sometimes with my patients, after my patients, I will go home, I will not eat that day, it will be. And then I started to question God and question what is fair and not. And I have this severe, you know, confrontation with, with life mm -hmm. uh, that I was not, really prepare uh this young at that uh, young age you you really don't understand a lot of things of real life right you have it maybe living in a bubble or, mm -hmm. or, or watching too many movies uh it's not great anatomy uh so and, and that was the reason why i moved out from the idea of being a psychiatrist uh and i started to explore other things uh, geriatrics was another mistake uh, <laughs> in my life. I used to say again and again that uh, I will never take care of elderly patients. And mm -hmm. the reason in part was why, because my, my grandmother developed dementia and she used to live with me and I, I love her so much, probably my best friend. I was very close to my grandma and I saw her going through this and dying. And yes, I wanted to help people like her, but at the same time, I didn't want to go through that. Right. Uh, it's like I am not ready to go through the death of people. I am not a doctor to see people dying. I'm a doctor mm -hmm. to save life. And, and that was my, and I will repeat myself. I am no geriatrics, no geriatrics, no. To the point that I was supposed to select my rotation for um, the equivalent to, to your last year here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we, it, we call it internship, uh, but, but this your last year of medicine medical school and I didn't want to go to a specific place a specific hospital because that rotation in internal medicine really was geriatrics <laughs> and I was like no I mean I'm, I'm going no matter where I am not going there I got sick the day, of, the day of the selection, so I was not able to go and select my place. And of course, of course, was that one. Uh, Your life is so <laughs> interesting. I think that everything that you are adamant that you're not doing, life is saying, Miriam, this is where you're going. Yes, and, and, and that's why probably I developed the resilience that I have because I have been put in situations that I said I don't like, 
I cannot, <laughs> right? I, I, I and I had to develop the skill because I had no choice, right? So, Absolutely. Um, and the first day of the rotation, I met Mr. Florentino, mm-hmm. a little elderly guy, very skinny, very tall, was by himself, nobody visiting him, and every morning he will scream cocoa, cocoa, which means chocolate milk and of course there was no chocolate milk in the very poor hospital where i was doing my rotation and nobody cared so i start bringing cocoa to put in his white milk every morning and then i was the one that was taking clothes from my dad socks (laughs) and you know pajamas to bring to this guy and then some days i will not eat so i can use my money to buy diapers or medicine for the guy mm-hmm. and when it was 2 a.m and i'm still doing notes in the hospital i will take my chair sit next to him and i will cry <laughs> and he will <laughs> touch my hand and i will cry and make notes asking myself what i am doing here i was not supposed to be a doctor i was not supposed to be a and he will hold my hand. Long story short, a geriatric uh, fellow heard about this crazy girl that is not eating so she can buy medicines and she's crying next to a patient and she's bringing <laughs> socks from her dad. And he started coming daily to convince me to be a geriatrician. And I will say, no way. <laughs> Well, he was very convincing after a couple of weeks or more. Um, I got in love with geriatrics. I uh, just, I found myself because it was my way to merge my love for, you know, medicine and the science and et cetera that I discovered right. that I didn't even know that I had inside of me. But then this aspect of my interest in the social and emotional aspect, right, that was more related to I want to be a psychologist, uh, where this elderly population, they need to be, you know, they they tend to be lonely and have depression and develop cognitive impairment and are more vulnerable. And, you know, this thing came back to me so naturally that was like, oh, Perfect place to be, very crazy, but perfect place to be. Absolutely. Um, you know, I it's interesting longer. because I almost went into geriatrics myself, which is, <laughs> <laughs> and I still love taking care of my geriatric patients. Um, and, you know, my love was the respect. I kind of, I feel that the geriatric population is filled with so much knowledge and so much info that, once you can sit and listen, you will get so much of their lives. Even now, I've had experiences where uh, I had to suture, um, you know, a geriatric patient. She had a, a large um, cut on her forehead. Mm-hmm. And as I'm there suturing, it was early in the morning. So I, I work overnight. So, you know, near the end of my shift, this is around maybe like 530 And I just started asking her about her life and, you know, what does she love doing? And I mean, just hearing the beauty, she just lit up telling me all about her life and where she used to love to dance and (laughs) where she went with her husband and where she, you know, met her second husband. (laughs) I mean, it was just 
so interesting. She, she led a very, very, very exciting life. But not until you get to sit and listen, you get to really hear or, you know, the stories. And, you know, now we see them where they are now. But before that, they had exciting lives before, you know, yeah. 20, 30 years ago. So, And even now, because mm -hmm. we have to recognize that today uh, we have presidents in the 70s. <laughs> we have very famous leaders around the, the world around those ages, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and this new generation has started to uh, forget about respecting the, the age and the experience. Yes. But there are many cultures still now that consider that, you know, the, the, the elderly in the group is the savvy one, is the person that will give you the best advice. And, and I feel like we need to go a little back to that idea to recognize that okay. uh, being um, elderly is just being more experienced. It's, it's, it's being in life for longer. It's seeing yes. more things. Um, and there are so many things that they can share uh, maybe they do. They don't know how to, you know, use a new computer or phone. And many they do. My dad is eighty six, and you have to see him using Excel and Zoom. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, but even if they don't know that, uh, they know more about life and the quality of Absolutely. life that we don't have. Uh, Absolutely. 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 You know. Alrighty. So I'm loving this. I love. So now you're in geriatrics. <laughs> because everything is happening by accident because yeah. you're absolutely not going to do this but life is saying yes you will <laughs> yes so I, 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 and life continues like that sadly <laughs> <or for good. laughs> i love it all right so now we're here you know i do have to say we have some people who are in the chat and i want to acknowledge them you know for really stopping by so carlos <laughs> <laughs> he said our authenticity is contagious. I love the uplifting vibes, even when discussing serious topics. Great conversation. Thank you, Carlo. And Carlo is uh, another author. Uh, I had the blessing of, of meeting him and oh, he wonderful. has an amazing book. And, and his book is so amazing. He sent me, actually, he had the courtesy to send me two books signed by him oh, and my six-year-old got in love with the book and he took one for him and we cannot recover it from his uh room <laughs> he's there and he yeah he goes through the book i i don't know if he understands something <laughs> there but he 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 likes that book and <laughs> so, so carlo you had the insight to send two books that was actually very very good <laughs> And then we have another person, John, who says that Miriam doesn't know how to do it any differently. She's always authentic. Oh, Thank I love you so it. much, John. John <laughs> has been one of the my coaches during the the journey my, my journey as, as a writer as an author mm -hmm. but even more important he has been also someone that i interview because his story is fantastic ah. uh, and tamara may i ask you uh, permission for something is that okay if i allow them to 
to or, or I invite them to to put their links to their books so they absolutely. can absolutely yeah, absolutely you guys awesome. you can put the links to your book in the chat because actually this is the part that I'm now going to dive into <laughs> your book Dr. Z so you know we have two additional authors here in the chat and we have one here on stage in the limelight the wonderful Dr. Z <laughs> who just dropped her book. The we have two, you and I. Well, uh, yes, that's true. It's true. But this, is, but this one is all for you. <laughs> who dropped her book, The 3G Cycle of Life, which is the secrets of achieving joy, meaning, and well-being. Alrighty, so tell us how, like what led to writing this book? I know that, I know you and I spoke a little bit about like, you know, what you were feeling at that time that but tell those who are watching those who don't know the infamous now dr z with a <laughs> best-selling book tell us um what led to writing that book so the reality is that i started that book also in a way that was probably uh not planned <laughs> was <that another> <laughs> like everything in life for me <laughs> I was very upset, very um, uh, confused and sad and so many negative feelings were inside of me during the time of COVID and not only because of COVID and, and the things that obviously affect all of us, but I was also in a healthcare system that was that is completely broken. I was seeing a lot of abuse and a lot of um, lack of professionalism uh, and I I just seen colleagues friends being burned out and, and, and suffering and and I didn't know that I was one of them too I I, I, I just I was trying always to be this you know <laughs> happy person and mm -hmm. and um, as part of, of of the process of trying to help others I discovered that I was in the same place as everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, so I started to do advocacy through little articles and podcasts and miracles happen. And I found a doctor that in LinkedIn was being, you know, uh, promoted because she published or was in the process of publishing a book. So I got curious mm -hmm. and investigating a little and thinking that this was not real. Uh, Creators Institute that now is called Manuscripts uh, came in front of me as the opportunity to, to write a book uh, mm -hmm. and to do it in a way that um, was very interesting because was in a community. Uh, you mm -hmm. don't write along uh, is kind of our phrase uh, and the way that we are connected um, and and this book that started as a venting process became mm -hmm. actually more uh, into a healing process and mm -hmm. finally was transforming a collective journey where with the collaboration of, of many uh, we, we created a book that is positive and that brings ideas and hope to those that are going through difficult times and that are, are willing to, you know, achieve what I say in the book, joy, meaning and well-being in their lives. I love it. Now, you know, the book, you said there are three G's to this, three G's. So tell us, what are the three G's? So the three G's are goal, greed, and growth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
for me, those are the components of the cycle of my life. I, mm. I as you can tell, I have been forced to be resilient <laughs> of my life, and, and I have been growing even against myself and my mm. will. Uh, uh, but I, I, I didn't know how how I was doing it. And when I was now in a situation that was really a dramatic, right? I mean, an epidemic and it, it's wow. not just something that happens every day. We were really under unprecedented situations and my family was collapsing and, and my friends around me and, and, and myself. Uh, I was not able to live this to good luck, right? I will be reaching it again. <laughs> I was right. trying to find out how, what's the formula, the magical formula, how do I do this? And what I understood from the way that things have been happening in my life is that I don't see life as linear. I see life as kind of in a video game format where I go level after level, ah. cycle after cycle. And uh, if I don't get what I want in the first level and I am not able to pass that first level, I always have a, a second opportunity, a third opportunity. You know, you collect the hearts from the video game. And, and that you is the most interesting perspective I've ever heard <laughs> on life. I mean, I know that you said you can go over it again, but you're saying, rest assured, you can, re you can try again, but you've captured different aspects on the first journey. Yes, because... The truth is that let's say that you apply to medical school, let's, let's you know, or to, to, to any any career or any job, right? right. And and, uh, and and you try. And the first time they don't accept you in that job. So you mm -hmm. probably will go and, and try again and have a couple of interviews. Nothing goes well for you. And yeah, you can stop finding a job, which I don't recommend, or you can go back and say what I am doing wrong right. and get a coach or ask a friend and read an internet. How do I improve my CV? Uh, how do I dress better? How I interview better? Mm -hmm. And now you apply again. Probably this time you will be more savvy. You will be, you know, in a better position to get that job or that promotion or, or, or to enter to the place that where you want to study. Uh, and I believe that life is like that. You, you can mm. select to stop. It's always an, an, an alternative because you can, I always say, it's like with the Ferrari, right? You are 18 and you want your red Ferrari. When you are 40 and you have a few kids and bicycles and, you know, a, a, a soccer <laughs> ball to transport <laughs> to the park, you don't care about the Ferrari anymore. You need a big van. Exactly. Uh, and changing from the Ferrari to the van is failure? No, actually, probably it's the opposite. Is is you are adapting your your goals to new realities, and, and you are not failing. So, um, goal is for me the way that I start that cycle, that level. What do you want to do in your video game? I want to go to level two. Okay, so let's go for it. I want to, you know, go to Italy, so I will get money for it. I want to get married. I want to have kids, whatever it is. I want to write a book. Mm -hmm. So then you have grit. That is really this fuel that keeps you, you know, moving mm -hmm. and, and, and helps you. And at some point, I saw that that comes only from you, from yes. inside. It's but within what you. I, 
Right, but what I discover is that that's not necessarily the only way. How many times, Tamara, I'm sure it happened to you before, where you feel like super drained. You have that mm-hmm. dream you want, you, you, you have been trying, but you're just like, I am so tired. I cannot do this anymore. And what really happens is that you have your cheerleaders, right? Your friends, your family. You can do this. How I can help you, right? Or you have a coach or a mentor. And it's okay. So sometimes this feel not necessarily, or this grit is not necessarily inspired only by you, but it's inspired by those that are around you and that are supporting you. And and, and that's a recognition to, to... to your friends and your family and, and your community, right? And, and for me, Creators Institute for, for my book, right? When I right. was crying and saying, like, I cannot write a book, especially in English, being Hispanic. So mm-hmm. I have all the support. Uh, and then you will assume that always you will get your goal and that should be the third G. But the truth is that, as we mentioned before, not always will happen. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, that's not a problem if you decide this not to be a problem because you can use us as an opportunity to learn, to develop Absolutely. new skills, to create new friendships, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why instead of finishing with goal, I finish with grow. That is that new version mm-hmm. of yourself, better version of yourself that will allow you to go to the second level of the game, the video right. game, right? the game of life, the second level of, or the second cycle of your life and, and be able to achieve this new goal that you are presenting for yourself. I love it. You know, <laughs> you're right in that we do have a lot of grit within us, but there are times when you will get and feel deflated, not that it's completely gone, but then you have your external factors that helps to reinflate you you know so you have those who are it's as if like they're pumping air back into the balloon and then get and getting you back up so that you can continue through the cycle and i love that you said that the end of the cycle which can also end up being the beginning because it's a cycle is growth because you're learning from this process so whatever you went through through the goal setting the grit portion now you have grown and once you grow the next thing you're going to do is like you say want to level up so i want to level up and what are you doing when you level up you have a new set of goals that you go through so i love it (laughs) and i i see how applicable it is as you're as you're describing the process i'm going through my mind and i'm like oh yeah that's actually what happened to me yeah, that happened to me during this phase, during the phase in undergrad, during the phase in grad school, in medical school, yeah. residency, you know, post-residency, into my life right now, pandemic. <laughs> it's just like, you know, a lot of us people, we entered into the pandemic with one thing and we've left out with a lot of growth. And we expect that, right? And that's why I love the term grow instead of resilience. And and I believe that we have this conversation at some point, (laughs) right? Uh, Because resilience is a bounce back to our baseline, which is fantastic if you compare with staying in trauma, staying in depression or Mm -hmm. or post-traumatic stress, right? 
but growth brings something extra to the table, right? Growth really brings this ability to improve your skills, to be a better version of yourself. Absolutely. But based on the concept of positive psychology, that is post-traumatic growth, mm-hmm. and, and as we use that as a reference, what happens also is that we transform from just a personal individualistic growth to a collective mm-hmm. growth because yeah. that individual starts having this kind of an altruistic approach where wants to help others, wants to be a role model, wants to create a, an impact. And, and, and that's something wonderful, really, transforming something that has been challenging for you, traumatic for you, and make from that something that will help others. Yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of almost like a miracle. It's, it's, it's beautiful, really. Absolutely. I see someone, um, you know, saying that resilience is bounced back to baseline. They're loving the growth. It brings something extra to the table. Yeah, you have transformed into something better, you know, an improvement upon where you were. And an improvement is always a step above. So it's not saying that what you were was bad. It's an improvement. You're building up on it. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I see. Hi. See Becky. Becky. Hello, Becky. <laughs> I love Becky. <laughs> yes, Becky says love. Growth brings something else to the table. Love, love, love that. Absolutely. Hi, Becky. Alrighty. So now, you know, yes, Andrea Stanada. She's yes, also yes. a wonderful author, too. Yes. But yes. <laughs> yes, and I want to, it's okay if I say this. So, uh, <laughs> so congratulations, Andrea. Uh, congratulations, ladies, because it was so amazing. Uh, for those that don't know, we published the books, our books, at the same time, the same week. So I was seeing their books in Amazon being number one, and then my book being number one in in certain ranges, especially in the physicians, right? Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting for me to feel proud about my competition, if you want to call it like that, which is not really. But it was so amazing. I was so proud to see my colleagues, physicians, many women physicians, female physicians. I know that they were also uh, male, but it was so amazing to see physicians going out of their comfort zone, removing their white coats and and sharing stories and and doing advocacy and, and, and sharing different ways to you know impact the life of others outside even medicine i i felt so i felt so proud it was so good for me to to see that um so i'm 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 honored that we were we were uh moving i mean you're giving me goose pimples right now <laughs> So, uh, shout out to Una, right, Dr. Yeah, Una? Dr. Yes. Una, yes, Dr. <laughs> Una, who has gathered a lot of us together. And also, which um, that's how I met Dr. Andrea Stanata there. And, and Dr. Stanata is saying, your work is so valuable, Dr. Z, and so inspiring. Absolutely. Yes, hearts, <laughs> lots of hearts. Alrighty. So now, you know, we've gone through this process. And then you remember we talked about, you know, you got through this portion by accident, you know, you got there where you were helping others through burnout. And then you recognize, wait a minute, I'm also (laughs) in burnout. (laughs) So what are we doing now for self-care to try to 
prevents you from getting back to that part? So for me, it was very difficult to admit that I was burned out. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's let's face it. This is still very difficult for me right now to admit it. Uh, we in medicine, for those that are not doctors uh, or are not in the in the healthcare system, uh, and are watching us, uh, it, it's hard to explain that when you go to to medicine, you are brainwashed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's exactly what happens. Uh, I was in Peru. Uh, as you can imagine, in Peru, we, we were a little more conservative than uh, that here in the US 30 years ago. Or, mm -hmm. And I remember one of my first classes with this old-fashioned doctor telling us, female doctors or female students, that we should be at home changing diapers, uh, washing clothes, <laughs> uh, feeding our husbands instead of being doctors. And you were and, taking up somebody else's space. In yeah, medical. imagine, right? So, yeah. so especially for women, we not only were forced to already don't eat, don't fear, don't be, don't mistake, please don't kill anybody, you are perfect, you are superhero, etc. But as a woman, you were supposed to do even more than that. So you are, you were supposed to be God because there was not, not way to, to fit if not. Right. Um, and I, 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 I took it seriously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I really, I isolate from anything outside medicine. My only friends were in medicine. The only thing that I saw was medicine. And I mm -hmm. saw that the, the behavior that I was having was normal. I, I, I truly, I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that, and I, I, I believe that that's what happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you are really compromising your well-being. And, and when you stop being single, like one person, and you decide to create a family, or when you this, you, you are in a point where you, you need to start taking care of your parents, right? Or mm -hmm. an older sibling, uh, so what happens is that you you are not just one person. It's like your actions will affect your family too. Absolutely. And that's when you feel it. That's when you really feel that you need to change. And mm -hmm. I mean, the process is not easy. My husband is still comes to me and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, and I started to do meetings while I walk, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. And... and that's my 30 minutes, 45 minutes of exercising uh, for self-care. And today I was telling someone from our group of, of the book, uh, Carlo, Carlo and, and, and we'll, we'll recognize, I was talking with Jim Young. He's had a beautiful book about burnout uh, in, in, fem in males. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him, I got a shower at 10 a.m. today and I felt so guilty, but then I felt so good that I spent <laughs> 15 minutes in the shower. So I am increasing my minutes. I believe that that what happened with my journey on the book is that I was exposed to a lot of different types of leaders uh, in the area of well-being and in the area of self-care. And what I did is I transformed in a sponge. I decided to write about me, mm -hmm. but also to use the book as free coaching in some way. Yes. Where every interview marked my life, not only is in my book, 
but mm -hmm. every interview marked my life in some way. Wow. And when I talk about boundaries, Dr. Sogol, Pablo, she comes to my mind and I know exactly what she will tell me, do this, do that. And when it's about self-care and meditation, I will think about Jonathan Fisher, maybe, and Diana Londoño about feelings and, you know, and everybody in that book, 30 of them, including mm -hmm. my kids, they touch my heart and they touch my life and they Absolutely. share lessons, life lessons with me that are mm -hmm. helping me to be this better version of myself and this Miriam that takes care of herself. So Love that's the beauty it. of my, my book. Um, it was so therapeutic. It was it was free therapy. It was free. <laughs> it depends what you call free because it was a lot of effort, but emotional. It was it was effort, but yes, but very rewarding nonetheless. Very rewarding. Yeah. Love yeah. it, love it, love it. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. So now you know we're getting close to the end of this wonderful interview, and I love like all the gems that you've dropped, all the info that the book is absolutely, I definitely, you know, I need my copy. I'm not saying that I need my signed copy, but I will love to, I will it's love out there on LinkedIn. To. We do have some of the other authors there. <laughs> Carlo, <laughs> yes, I had Carlo and John Saunders. I'm just saying. <laughs> But one thing I do want to know, though, here is my fun question of the day. All right. So if you weren't a doctor or an author, because now you're both, what would you be? You are making it very easy right now because the answer, the obvious answer is a psychologist or coach, probably. No, you know what I will be? Uh, I, I know. Some kind of diplomat, someone that is right now sitting in the United Nations trying to change the world and making I a lot of it. noise, probably. <laughs> like, this is unfair. <laughs> You're my first diplomat. Like I asked this question, I've, I've interviewed almost 180 people and you are the first diplomat. I love it. Yeah, I would, I would like to, and, and, and maybe who knows, some days will happen, right? Uh, yeah. But well, right now I have a small kids and I, I need to set my own boundaries, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I need to contain my dreams Just right now for my own well-being. Taliban says, yes, he definitely yes. Uh, But uh Yes, I probably the biggest frustration that I have right now with the book, and that was my conversation with, with Jim Young today, and, and I was sharing that with John Sanders too, is I feel like I am in a restricted bubble, and I, I can not yet break that wall and, and go outside and, and share the message. Mm -hmm. and, and I, I have been very clear with myself, and I, I try to be very clear with others, Mm -hmm. This is not about the book. Uh, this is not really about me or 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 individual people, right? Uh, mm -hmm. This is about what is happening today in the world and and what is happening, especially right now in in the U.S. Uh, that is what we have close to us. When I see that forty six thousand individuals die by suicide every year when 400 of those are physicians like i am like you are okay. when 500 of those are kids 6 to 10 the age of my kids mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to be a bystander. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch the movie. This is a terror movie. And I I want this book to be in the hands of those that need to read it and, and that mm-hmm. will take something from this. And, and it's not my knowledge. I, I don't want to be so cocky to say it's my noise. It's, it's collective knowledge. It's something Absolutely. that comes from books and journals and amazing people that I interview and, and use it in their favor. Mm-hmm. But I also want this to go to the hands of those that have power, mm-hmm. that are in leadership positions, high leadership positions and can make really the difference. Something that maybe I cannot do or you cannot do, Tamara, in our small clinics or spaces, but there are outside individuals with a lot of power that could really impact the world. I hope my book goes in the heart of someone like this and really start doing something because we cannot tolerate what is happening. We cannot be permissive with what is happening. We cannot leave that type of world to our kids that's not responsible and that's not kind in any way that so passionate so much passion behind the drive to get this book out and to get it done and that's part of that grit i'm pretty sure that that was a part of the inflation to bring the balloon out whenever you felt deflated your goal was set you had your why your meaning there's more than for miriam it's more than just, um, you know, having a book is more than being saying that you're a published author. You, <laughs> as you mentioned, want to leave a legacy, you know, this place that is better for your kids because of the impact that you can, you can have on them and on the system overall by providing this tool. So it's essentially a tool that you've written to try to help you know, for the future, for our future generations. To raise awareness is to, and I believe that is something that many of us, we are doing in different ways, right? And that you do with your podcast and and, and others are doing with their books is to raise awareness to, to, you know, say with, there's a red flag here. Something is not going in the right direction and, and to empower individuals and let them know that, we can do things. We don't need to sit and wait for others to take decisions. We have the power inside of us based Mm -hmm. on on our profession sometimes or in the the power that we have because we are famous people and we are recognized singers or actors or politicians Mm -hmm. or because we have money or whatever it is because we are charismatic. We have power inside of us and, and we should be using it not just be bystanders and sit very comfortable with popcorn and, and watch the terror movie because mm-hmm. uh, the ending uh, doesn't look like we'll get better uh, if we don't start doing something, proactively doing something. And someone has to start and hopefully mm-hmm. some kind of all these little efforts here and there will become together a big snowball, right? And, and will create this ripple effect, this butterfly effect that, that will be important. This is not one person doing something. This is all of us doing it. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, when you put it like that, I know there are many people who are saying, where can I get this book? And where can I find you? So please let them know, where can they find you, Dr. Z? 
So LinkedIn uh, and only LinkedIn uh, because <laughs> that's part of the boundaries in my family. We just do one social media, so we have time to have a life and to be with our kids. <laughs> uh, so see, practicing a little of self care. Absolutely. Uh, so you can find me LinkedIn. Miriam Silberg later, Dr. CMD. That's the way that you will find me. Mm-hmm. And the book is at Amazon. Um, and until the end of the week, so just for, for the week of love and friendship, what I am doing and has been such an amazing experience, by the way. I am telling people, if you buy a book, the, the, the paperback, send me a text message with the email uh, or in information of someone else that you want to reward and that you want to send love. And I am sending a free copy of the ebook. And oh. has been awesome because when I text someone, it's like, hey, you have a present from this person. They're sending you a free ebook. They are like, oh, amazing. This is so good. And I am crying. I am excited. And what they are doing is they buy another book and they send an send ebook to, to someone else. Oh. And it has been, for me, it has been so fun and so lovely to see how little things of kindness, little That's acts amazing. of kindness can make people so happy. So if you want to join and do that, it will be amazing. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like you said, it's another form of the ripple effect is spreading joy in those just tiny moments and tiny moments, tiny little deeds and little steps can bring forth so much joy in someone's life. So as you mentioned, so you can find her book on Amazon and the book is called The 3G Cycle of Life, The Secrets of Achieving Joy, Meaning and Well-Being. So look for Dr. Miriam, Dr. ZMD on LinkedIn and connect with her, send her a message, let her know how much you love her book. And like she said, if you buy one book this week, and you send her a message, right? Then she'll be able to send a free ebook to someone of your choice, which will be an awesome gift for them to have. <laughs> Alrighty, Dr. Z, you know, this has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Oh, I had an amazing time. I think we talked, we didn't talk as long as we usually do when you and I are together, yeah. but we, gave, we definitely provided a lot of insight. You got, you gave us um, a lot of insight as to why the meaning behind the drive that you have towards um, providing a world that's better for our kids and for the next generation and why this book is so important to you and or from you to the world. And we also got to realize that Dr. Z, you know, everything happens by accident. You know, you keep thinking that I'm going to go left, but life is saying, no, 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 we're taking you right. (laughs) And, And we're taking you one level at a time and you're moving on to the next level with each and every process and each and every decision that life has important to you. If I was able to do it, believe me, everybody else will be able to do it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for all those people in the chat, for Becky Wolf, Dr. Andrea Stanada. Thank you for, I see, um, John Saunders and also for Carlo Mafas. 
so much. Thank you so much for joining us. And I will see you all next time here on the Dr. Tamara Beckford Show. I must say that if you were unable to catch all of this and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to see this. I didn't get to see all of it. Have no fear. Just go to the website, yourcaringdocs.com. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-D-D-O-C-S.com. Select podcast. You'll see Dr. Williams' beautiful face. Yes, just <laughs> listen here. And <laughs> you'll be able to hear this podcast episode. Now, if you are on an app device, do not hesitate to leave us a five-star review, right? And if you're a doctor out there and you're like, I have an amazing story and I've been doing amazing things and I'd love, love, love to let the world know about it, you can send me an email at drbeckford at yourcaringdocs.com and we'll get in contact with you. Just let me know you want a book and we will get you the link to book. Do keep in mind, we are booked out three months in advance because so many amazing doctors are doing amazing things, right? <laughs> and I cannot wait to tell your story here on the Dr. Tamara Beckford show. All righty. So with that, we are going to say love you guys and bye and have a great weekend. <laughs> Lots Take of care. <laughs> Thank Bye. You.